The following episode is, um, of course, dedicated to fathers um, as well, but I just wanted to give a bit of a disclaimer that, of course, being uh, who I am, I tend to wax very spiritual and then bring it into the practicalities of life. And so if you... Um, <laughs> If you're ready to be pulled in uh, to both the spirit and the natural, tune in. And if not, then it's, let it be your cho- that's your choice. But I just wanted to give that as a, a disclaimer and we'll move on. Okay. So are you ready? Okay. Let's go. Everyone, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, well, it's now officially afternoon. It just hit noon. Um, welcome to another episode of Little Miss Nobody Knows. I am Little Miss Nobody. Uh, I toiled a bit, uh, went back and forth within myself about doing this episode, but uh, I would be socially irresponsible if I did not. Uh, However, there is uh, a remembrance that is more important to me than than the motivation I had to actually do this episode, and it's going to be really short. Um, uh, Today is June the 19th, 2021. It's importance to me marks the day that my father, the man that I call daddy, left us here and transitioned to rest in God. Um... Some years since he's passed on, um, some of the years have not been as weighty. Uh, some years I did not feel as weighed down, and I tried not to because of my own personality trait. My, my like the major part of my personality trait is bubbly and warm and loving. And um, just really joyful and cheerful. I try not to delve into things that uh, emote sadness because of the trajectory that takes my emotions. And, uh, you know, being a Christian, yeah, being a minister, being a pastor even. uh, It doesn't, none of those things, none of those callings, those things, the things that we're into, the things we do, none of those ex exempt us from the issues of life and sadness is a part of life and so and so so it's death and passing on my people like to say passing on because we're we're very heavily rooted in theology in a belief system that there is a god that there is a creator that that the creator exists that god exists and that this life is not all that there is to it And um, it is raining. It's currently raining. Um, and the day that he he actually passed on, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> the sun was out, and it shone in a way that uh, was. Super, I have to say supernatural, but because so many people don't understand fully what it means to behold, to see something supernatural, I have to say almost cartoonish, cartoon-like, cartoon-ish, and or sci-fi-ish. 
because you know we can easily relate more so in in the world that we exist now we can more so relate to what sci-fi or something that had to be computer generated looks like and in order for us to mimic the sci or the shit or the knowing of the that is to say the all-knowing or omniscient god <laughs> i'm not all shit was the root word of science meaning to know we cannot know what it looks like to do or to replicate what he can do except we use the technology that we have and that we've been allowed to discover and through our discoveries we can create and so I said all that to say the sun shone in that way I had a dream I was given a dream uh, many many months actually before that uh, actually before he came to live with me and the the Lord showed me he showed me a chain of events as if and literally he took me through time visually to see a chain of events of things that would take place and then finally the last scene was the day he died the day he left here and I don't like to use the word death because death equals a finality that doesn't really apply to those of us really doesn't apply to any anybody who is in a human body because the bible and maybe i'll give a a, a, a uh, disclaimer at the beginning that this episode is going to wax a lot of bit spiritual and so if you're not in a mood or a mindset to hear about the things that pertain to the spirit you might not want to tune in and I'll do that anyway um <laughs> what was I saying Lord <laughs> there thank you Holy Spirit there is there is a last death that will come to mankind but it won't occur until after we leave this human body and so when I speak of my father passing I have to say passing on because we're just passing through this life and this existence how can I prove that side note <laughs> another thing that we can relate to very easily as a human is the concept and the existence of quote unquote deja vu the I've been here before-ness of things where you're walking through your house you walk past your coffee table you sit your keys down and all of a sudden flashing before your eyes but not in your physical vision your literal eyes but in your knowing in your mindset in your mind's eye you can see that you've dropped your keys in that very same spot which calls the candlestick holder to be tipped over you saw all those things before you saw it happen and it's just a glimpse and it's just a few moments and it'll last a few milliseconds and it will show you that you've seen this scene before you've acted in this way you you've operated in these particular steps in these particular movements you set these particular things in motion before and you've seen it happen why how well the concept of uh deja vu again when we before we are released into time when we are in the spirit realm when we are with god in heaven before we are born into this earth we exist in the spirit realm and because the Bible says that he he's the all-knowing God we, we, we in that form we are as he is we are in spirit we're not restricted by the things that pertain to time uh, we don't have the constrictions of the human flesh that are subject to time and space where we have to be in this form in order to touch things that are in the physical we have to and then to set them in motion we need to crank up our car we can only touch it with a human hand in the human form 
grab the keys, insert it, turn the key in the ignition, it sets off the explosion, and your car cranks, or you push the button on your push button start vehicle, and it starts. Um, in the spirit, we can move through time and space, time, as if we were in a airplane or in car or a train and we move through time zones but there are more time zones that we can move through than just Pacific Eastern Mountain uh, Central there are more time zones that we can move in we can move in the past, present and the future and when we are before we are born into this human form we are like God is, as I began to say a few moments ago. And we can move. I'm sorry. We're, we're shown our life. We're shown our purpose and why God wants to send us here and put us here. We're shown these things. We're like he is. He's the all-knowing. In that form, we're like he, he is. And meanwhile, before we re we're going to be released, our moms and our, our moms and our dads, they look at each other with that gleam in the eye. And then there's a so <laughs> they get the gleam in their eye they you know know each other in that way the sperm is released the egg is ready to receive it receives and then the cells this is rain you're hearing and the cells begin to transform and multiply and the human form starts to take its shape there's no heartbeat yet I believe that we're still in the spirit realm and God is releasing us. He's telling us all these things that we will, well, we, we know all these things because we're getting that form. And then I believe we're released and we are alive once the fetus now, developmentally, has developed the heartbeat. And when we're born, then it's almost like we begin to lose our memory, so to speak, of heaven. But I use those words to think, to say that really, I think that God kind of blocks it. I cannot explain it fully, but I believe that God kind of blocks it in a way. Or he gives like interruptions, so to speak, to it. And he allows the natural to interrupt it so that we, because we're not in that form, we cannot know it all. Because that would make us God in the earth. Although he made us rulers over um, our existence, we've been, you know, we have a home, we have cars, we have property, we have things like that that we can rule and have dominion over and try to be great stewards where they're concerned. We are gods and rulers where we live individually over the things that belong to us. But I believe that God kind of allows the natural to interrupt it. And, and we can only see so much when we dream or in that moment where we have that deja vu, we see it. But along the way, when those experiences do pop up, I believe it's kind of a, <clears throat> an innate um, developmental... And not developmental, I'll take that word back. It's an innate design. It's a default given to us by God to let us know this is a clue. You're passing through here. You've done this before, more so you've seen it before. To help us to keep us on track. And this is how the chain of events will go. And when you hit it and it occurs, then it it shows you, oh, okay, I'm on the right track. And so in it, you can take a bit of peace because you know that this is how your life is supposed to go. And so when God was showing me chain a few chain of events that happened, and I mean just the way they happened, just the way they happen in the same scenes, the same people, 
I was able to take a bit of comfort in knowing again that, well, I'm on the right track. I know that this thing of his transition right before my eyes is taking place and it hurts and it's scary. How do I exist in this earth with my father no longer being here in the physical form? It's scary. Uh, but he gave it to me to tell me to convince me that I was on the right track and just as I saw it the day was just as beautiful it was just as beautiful sunny bright and in contrast, today is not as sunny or as bright. Uh, it is raining heavily. Uh, and there's a bit of a weight that it provides where my emotions are concerned that I'm trying not to get into too much. So I guess I'm pulling on my... <laughs> Pulling on my, pulling on my words here, <laughs> pulling on my language here, to keep me focused, so that my emotions don't pull me in. And I wanted to go to his burial site, but the weather is just too wet. It's too rainy. Um, what? Uh, what? I and I'm driving while recording I just could not resist the, the inclination that I had to go ahead and begin um, I could not wait until I was stationary because it was just on me too much at any rate I, I'm, digre I'm digressing here um to know that the day the day of the week that he passed was a Friday it was the Friday before Father's Day uh, it, 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 Father's Day was that Sunday and the 19th date wise was the day and again, we are marking it. Today marks it. Uh, man. <laughs> you know, um, as I began to say, some days aren't as heavy for me. But for today, for today, being the 12th year, uh, I don't know, I guess it just felt a, a little bit, a lot of weight to uh, on me to do this episode because, um, and I guess it, it really started because I got up this morning and I began to sing, I began to go into worship, and it hit me about Father's Day. It, I began to sing to my Heavenly Father and then it hit me that it's also the day that your father transitioned. And for the the child, the offspring who cares for the parent, there are all sorts of emotions, there are all sorts of mental, emotional, psychological Things that occur in in us because you know you once when they pass when you when they're pronounced dead to this life in that human form as a caregiver you go you continue either you, you either go right into or you you continue on in caregiver mode and then you begin 
to administrate and coordinate. And so I had to begin, you know, contacting uh, relatives, loved ones, and the hospital allowed me. My Uncle Charles, who passed on this past December, who was his best friend, uh, he was with me. He, Uncle Charles was a deacon in his church, and he was, uh, he loved my dad. He was, he was his buddy, and he would come and sit with him on the porch as I don't even know what they talked about. I would leave them alone and just to have their man time and I'd be in the house doing whatever. But back to that day. And so Uncle Charles was with me and the, the hospital chaplain was with me, with us. And my, uh, my cousin Vicky was there. And uh, we, uh, I, I spoke with the hospital staff, the nurse staff, and they allowed me to make phone calls and I contacted the, we're, we're, we, we have a military background, uh, multiple family members of, and myself, we have military background. So, so we had to contact the Red Cross and, you know, go through the formalities and the protocol. Um, and, um, we had to, uh, set those things in motion and I did not get a time immediately to be emote to feel to deal with to soak in to express to allow the emotions to soak in and so I can healthily express my grief because once again I was in caregiver mode and another thing um another occurrence had occurred on June 11th where my younger sibling brother was concerned and I won't go into that but um so there were levels of and I had just I had not too long from then gone through a divorce and so again the layers of grief <laughs> There were multitudinous at this time for me, but I was in administrator mode. I was in caregiver mode. Um, I had to contact people. And so um, I it had, I just not too long ago spoke with my mother and uh, we chatted really briefly about today's date and what it means to the nation. But I also mentioned to her, it's also the date that dad passed on and she has her way of expressing things she was like woof and when you are an internal um when you internalize your grief and you you are a silent griever a silent more a silent mourner like she is she has a way and so we kind of have to and people mourn and grieve in different ways. So, but I could not because again I was in that mode, and so not having the help that I possibly could have had um, in setting things in order and making arrangements because I was the one that was there, and for uh, uh, multiple reasons, my siblings could not physically be there with me. Um, they, you know, eventually came because, you know, they had travel restrictions and things that, uh, delayed their arrival just, just a bit. Uh, and you know what? Truth be further realized. I don't think that 12 years since, I don't think that we have all at all as siblings, got a chance to grieve fully but how do you grieve the loss of a parent I am not married I was not married at the time they had spouses at the time they're still married uh, so they had spouses it is not like to compare who's in a better situation to grieve because 
when you're experiencing that level of pain, sometimes, most times, not even your spouse can reach you. Especially your spouse, if it's not their parent, especially because they just can't identify. And you can explain, you can use words, you know, descriptive terms, but unless and until it hits them, the same experience, they, <laughs> no one can reach you and you just have to grieve alone. And, but, but, but it occurred to me that collectively, I don't think we've had a chance to grieve but how do you grieve as a collective when your personalities are different? When your relationships with your parent, that parent was different. When there's a consensus, the general consensus, we loved our father. He was our hero. He was so strong to us. He's so courageous. He, so, he was so committed to us. We can all agree. But then there's the experience. Well, I was the middle-born child, second-born daughter. I was a gift to him that he accepted wholeheartedly. And he was not my, my father biologically. So my experience with him was different. My, my oldest sister, first-born child... Firstborn child of his, his first girl, you know, the the teacher for him that introduced him to parenthood, the child that gave him more meaning and responsibility in this earth, in this world, um, and then there was my baby brother. My youngest sibling, second born boy, but only surviving son because we had, we have an older brother who was born before him, before me and before me as well. And he uh, was only one month and seven days old when he transitioned. Uh, for whatever reason, God allowed it. And then my brother was born. And so being the baby boy, the redemption in the father uh, and re- the redemptive child gift wise to my to our dad, where being the father of a son is concerned, where, you know, he wanted to name him after him, but there's already been an Adam. So, to not dishonor our older brother, they, they could not name him Adam because there was we already have an Adam. <laughs> so, my brother's experience with my father... His lens is different. We all saw and experienced him differently. And and I wish there was a way. I don't I don't know if there's a way to grieve as a collective. You know, people do different things to acknowledge, to honor, to um keep in remembrance their father. Uh, a parent, a loved one, you know, maybe, maybe they get together, maybe they all, um, they, they, they release, people, they release balloons, they go to the burial sites, they have gatherings, and, you know, they do all these wonderful things so that in their mind, they're giving as much effort to that parent to let them know. We haven't forgotten about you. You may not be here with us. 
You may not be here with us in the physical, but we need you to know. And for many, they'll say, wherever you are, but we know where our dad is. He's with our heavenly father. He's resting. We need you to know that we have forgotten about you. And with this being the day before, the weekday, calendar day, before the before Father's Day, maybe it's hitting me so heavily because that reason. And it'll always be the day before, the day, two days before, the Friday before, whatever before, the Father's Day. Because that's just how it fell. And when he passed, it hit me. The thought crossed my mind. Wow. My dad got to go and rest with his heavenly father. Right before Father's Day. (laughs) And (laughs) when I think about God the Father. I think about um, him being God all by himself. And not sharing, the Bible says, his glory with anybody, with anything, anyone, nothing. He, he is God. He's God the Father alone. And he won't even share that day. So we have our day to remember our Father's passing. And then every other day of our life to remember him as our Father. But just so we don't forget that God is God alone. And he should be remembered on his own too. Like his own accord. He shouldn't have to share. (laughs) Um, To people who have their fathers. And maybe this is it. The the thought just crossed my mind that it is the Father's Day episode. You know. If you have your father with you. You are in a very envious position for so many. My envy meter (laughs) of you um, it fluctuates because my 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 dad was sick. He was sick in his body. He was suffering, and so. To no longer be in the physical body suffering the things that this physical body is subject to. I'm glad he is no longer suffering. But to have the living embodiment of God's care for you as a father in the earth in the form of a father. Man, I envy any and everyone who has their father alive. Whether he be a perfect person, which doesn't exist, (laughs) whether he be a good dad or a dad that he's not as involved, so he's in your estimation as a child that still and will always need their parent. Maybe he's not so good. I say to you that you, listener, are in an envious position <laughs> uh, where I am there is a bucket a planter uh, from Lowe's and on the buckets at Lowe's if you've ever been to Lowe's which is a man store <laughs> uh, do it yourself you know not completely a man store because women DIY too. We build, <laughs> so we go to Lowe's too. But uh, in my line of sight, there was a bucket from Lowe's that says "Do it right," but it's behind a chair. So the only words I can easily, easily and clearer, clearly make out are the words "Do right." Funny, because I was just saying about a father and fathers that made in the estimation of their child, whether adult or not, be able to say, well, they've never, they haven't done right by me as a child because I did not ask to be here. So they didn't do right by me. 
But if, and if you are a father listening, and if you have a child on this earth, I want to encourage you to do right by your children. We need. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to do it, but because you give the effort, that's right in our eyes as children. We just need you to be there. As I was saying uh, before we took our break, we just need you to be there. Uh, I was getting and had gotten quite emotional. And um, I realized that when that occurs, it often makes the uh, the content a little bit more or less difficult. <laughs> it affects the ability to really translate the message that I'm trying to convey because uh, because of the emotion is so raw. But at the same time, that's the selling point. Not that I'm, I make it up. It just it, it's just natural. Um, but I, I I want to in remembering my father and remembering our father uh, because he was a father figure to even some of my cousins. I want to use that experience and our experience and that for our listeners again saying. We just need you to be there. Relationships. Focusing on fathers on the Saturday before Father's Day. On the date, calendar date, 12th year anniversary that our father left us here. Out of our pain, if I could get this message to a father or an adult child that doesn't have the best relationship uh, possible with their father who may still be living if it is possible I pray that your relationship with your father or your relationship with your child if you are a father who's listening or if it comes across your ears if it can be bettered, made better, if you can be encouraged, provoked, uh, I don't care, motivated to go to that child and say, forgive me for not being there. I didn't know how to do it. There's no book for this. Who knows how to be, who knows how to exist on this earth knowing that they are responsible for the well-being of a whole nother person who has an entirely individual will their own but i bear a hand i have a, a, a hand in it i have a responsibility and there's an accountability that comes with it that i just didn't know how to accept it was too much for me at the time maybe i wasn't as mature maybe i did not have the money you know, maybe that's the case for you. I didn't have the right relationship with my, a right relationship with my father. So I did not know how to mimic it. I didn't know how to replicate it. Forgive me. Give me a chance now. We only have this much time left. The past cannot be, um, it can't be fixed. The best way I know how is to take this courage that I have at this moment to come to you and try to take the fullest advantage possible of the now. Let me be in your life now. So give me the opportunity to be a father now. Tell me what you need from me now. I know that it's not the diaper changing. It's not the feeding. It's not the sitting up rocking. It's not the gathering of my scent that... I could give you now. Your senses have engulfed this world and all that 
you've experienced and it's registered in your psyche. But what's been missing is my presence. Give me the opportunity for you to take that in now. For everything that I'm not, everything that I'm never going to be, and even everything that I wasn't. And if you will allow me, let me give you that now. Let me give you me now. Um, for the adult child, uh, or whatever your age are, to hear that um, there is a certain healing that that sorrow that uh, transparency can bring to your wounded emotions to your woundedness to what a celebrity blogger um, and gospel music recording artist Larry D. Reed calls a father or the father fracture it can whether you allow it to actually heal you or to provide some sort of healing to attend to that wound is up to you. Whether hearing it angers you or causes you to resent. And I've transitioned, clearly, in, in the fashion of, you know, preachers. We talk about our pain. Side note, we talk about our pain. We talk about the things that we've gone through. Talk and then added in how God helped us and then turned the message and presented it to you hoping that it could be applicable to your life and hoping that you can find a benefit in our pain and for someone who has the father fracture it's our pain because I feel I feel the loss of my father not being in this I as, I as I said, I'm recording in my car. <laughs> uh, I've said so many times I record in my car. The acoustics in here are great. Uh, and that's what you heard. But whether it angers you or provokes some sort of emotion, um, even if it's resentment, let it. Because resentment is almost like It's a rejection of it's a rejection of an emotional offering. It's an emotion that comes up. My definition, because little Miss Nobody knows, but I only know a little, a a lot of a little bit. (laughs) Uh, It's the emotion. Caused by the rejection of of the development of an emotional offering. (laughs) Hopefully that makes sense. What you've offered has triggered my emotions. And I I reject you even giving it. Because I don't deem it timely. I don't deem it even worthy. I don't, my desire for it is not as much as my desire for it could have been when I felt like I needed you as a child. You miss so much. And just now the famous Will Smith uh, um, scene in from the show, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and it's been mimicked and memed uh, for the purpose of comedy by the great, uh, certainly becoming the great, uh, Kev on stage. Uh, why he don't want me, man? All that fussing he did, all that rejection he did, I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey. Without him... I'm going, I've did this without him. I I made the basketball team without him. You know, I'm going to have some beautiful kids without him. But still, why don't he want me, man? That, that's what, that's where that resentment and that rejection comes from. But to the father that is taking the courage to go back to that child, 
there's no such thing as not having any more time unless you no longer exist on this earth, which is how I began this episode, talking about our father who was no longer with us. But as long as you're alive and as long as that child is alive, you can still capitalize off the time you have because we exist in time. We're living in time. Now, it is slipping away by the millisecond. Sure. We're spending it away millisecond by millisecond. Sure. But if you can take the if you will take the courage to go and approach that go and approach that child. Even if they give you the time to talk with them and say what you say, even if they reject it, give give yourself the trophy of having taken the courage to go to them and them giving your, give you the time to talk, to pour your heart out. Because that can be the equivalent of all the time that you missed. Because if you come to that realization that, man, I did not do right by my child, um, let me gather up all the uh, anger that I have and disappointment that I have in myself as the parent, as the father. Um, and let me forgive myself enough. Let me forgive myself enough to go back to that child and say these things and pour my heart out and to admit my failures, to admit what's been so difficult for me to admit and accept and face up until this point, because children, adult children, you have to know that I don't care how cold-hearted the parent is. They have to be able... It's human. You, you, can, you cannot escape. They can be as callous and as wicked as Satan spawn. But there is... But you cannot escape the mirror. I'll say it like that. You cannot escape that mirror. And the looking back at yourself and the self-realization... The, the thing that hits you back in the face of you, the failure, it's inescapable. And so again, if you take that courage to address yourself and the fact that you had not been there for the adult child, to go back to them and say, hey, son, hey, daughter, as a father in the past, I have failed you. And I still don't know how to do it now, but let me tell you, Taking the courage to approach it speaks volumes and it attends to the pain that was caused by your absence. And then the apology adds another layer of healing. Because at least it cannot be said that you did not address your wrong. Face your wrong. Face them. Look them in the face. They <laughs> they may have your face. They may have your features. You know, they have your DNA. They have your, your genes, your behavior patterns. Your <laughs> Even the same propensities to fail like you did. They may be struggling parenting their own children. But just to be there or go there to them first, then to accept that you're needed to be there I, I, I'm telling you it will speak volumes and your child will appreciate you for it it will it will give attention to that pain and if the relationship never gets better from that point you can be at peace not in mediocrity, not in mediocrity, but you can be at peace in knowing that you you stomached the challenge. Um. So, and it's my hope that you won't be here as I have been, as my siblings and I are, on this day, remembering the day that either your child passed on, or they won't be here. Um, missing 
an opportunity that could have been given. We're only missing his presence because he was an awesome father. With everything he knew how to do and didn't know how to do, his presence being there made up for it. And you're, what I, and I guess what I'm saying is your presence can make up for it. Yeah. Your presence can make up for it. So. Um, so I encourage you to do it, guys. Gentlemen, men, man up. Um, uh, the Black Love series is focusing on black fatherhood. And... Um, it means so much for me, of course, because I am I am an American with African ancestry. I am considered black. I am black. So that has a special place in my heart. Uh, we'll go into Juneteenth. Now being commemorated, now being enacted as a federal holiday. We'll go into that in another episode. I was going to put it in, but it's just too weighty. It deserves its own as well, so I'll, I'll go into it. However brief, however long it may be. Take advantage, fathers, of the time you have. Adult children, take advantage of the time that you have with your father. Go to him. Go to them. Time is of the essence. And as long as no one is standing over you or standing before the remains of your parents saying ashes to ashes and dust to dust, there's still time. So guys, I pray that you will be good to yourselves, be good to others, and uh, acknowledge God and be good to God. Love on Him. He's the Father too. Yeah, love God, love each other, and love others. I'm sorry, love God, (laughs) love each other, and love yourself. Still working on this ending here, guys. So, uh, yeah. God bless you. Happy Father's Day to the fathers. And uh, from my siblings and myself, God. And we can talk to our dad, too. So, Daddy, we love you. Adam, no middle name, Dudley. And to the man who gave me life biologically. Edward Leon Monk Webster. I love you, Dad. Thank you for allowing Adam to raise me. It was hard, I'm sure. But you could be trusted to do that, and I'm thankful. So, God bless you guys. Again, love yourselves, love others, and love God. Little Miss Nobody. Uh, is out and you've been listening to Little Miss Nobody Knows. Take care guys. Pray we'll see you next time. Okay? Take care. God bless and goodbye.